Welcome to Be Better, episode 35? 35. 35. Confirmed from Jacob. Um, had to skip a week. Had uh, an unfortunate event where my kids were, you know, shoving a bunch of stuff in the toilet, hitting flush a bunch of times. Yeah, the toilet and their bathroom is located right above my office, and it overflowed the toilet, went right through my light fixture, which was conveniently right above my open MacBook. So it got showered on for like 20 minutes before my wife realized what that sound was. So mm. it destroyed my computer. Had to take it to Apple, um, drop it off, just picked it up. So hopefully this all works. And if it didn't, you're obviously not listening to this, so that doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, now we're back in business. And uh, we also have Jacob Ross back in business, back in the States. I'm back. Stateside. Uh, before we get into that, we're sponsored by SubZeroPlunger.com. Coldest, best tubs, both sides of Mississippi. He is, uh, I have an extra unit at my house for sale uh, and also can get you one discounted ship to your house. So if you're interested in a cold plunge, want to check one out, I have one at my house and I can get it to your door. So if you're interested, hit me up and I will take care of you. Uh, also, preface, we have a challenge coming up, which we'll get dive into probably in more later episodes, but a men's and women's fitness challenge. Uh, we are going to start this January 1st. Uh, we're opening it up now for registration just to, before the holidays come around, before you spend all your money on presents, spend your money on yourself, get in this challenge. You have a men's win, winner and a women's winner. So if you're worried about spending the money, all you got to do is win it. I want to give you all your money back. Uh, this comes with nutrition, uh, one hour consult with Nikki comes with six weeks of training written by the Jacob Ross coached by be better, obviously coaching through the true coach app and ran by, I will be taking care of the men and Alicia Ross will be taking care of the women. So if you're interested in the challenge, kick your new year's off, right? January 1st, no better time to start and no better company to start off with than us. Well, and listen to this hot off the press, January the press. 1st news alert is a Monday, right? I saw that. If that's not serendipity, I don't know what is. You go wild Sunday, you wake up, you feel terrible, don't want to do anything, and then you do the challenge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Easy peasy. Mondays, you know, everyone's like, oh, I want to start on the first day of the week. Well, guess what? You do go. your starts on the first day of the After week. After Sunday, there's one more McDonald's meal, and then I'm, I'm going to do something. <laughs> There's your, all your excuses. Man, Monday's I hope, January 1st. I hope that's not your last sheet meal. Goodness gracious. Yeah, no kidding. So, Jacob, you were in Zimbabwe. I was. Building schools and... Uh, <laughs> Tattoo and children, yeah, with knowledge, not yeah, ink. Correct. Yeah. What happened out there? What did you? What, what was your purpose? Who were you there for? I know um, the you matter, right? Mm-hmm. Is the organization you also work for your your sixth job you picked up? Yeah. Um, so what were you doing out there? And talk to us about it. Yeah. So I mean, anyone who's interested, uh, matter. It's it's a NGO which just stands for non governmental organization. In the U.S. vernacular, that's nonprofit, but yep. everywhere else in the world, you have to say non-governmental because it, they don't really understand the idea of a nonprofit. It's does the government have a part in this or do they not? Mm-hmm. So uh, matter.ngo, if you're interested in lots of cool things that happen, but in Zimbabwe, it's kind of become a Victoria Falls has kind of become a place where we have a really good partner and a good community buy-in. So a lot of the things that we do or we help with, uh, we have going there. So we have uh, Chaya agricultural um, process going. It's it's not Chia. It's Chaya, C-H-A-Y-A. Um, I do think... You know, I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, this supplement or this or that's like a magical herb or mm-hmm. I don't care about any of that crap. 
but chaya itself um, grows in like hot, arid climates well. The more you pick it, the faster it grows, actually. And it's uh, the most nutrient-dense, um, in terms of protein, green leafy vegetable you can get. Huh. Uh, the average yield is like 8 grams of protein. Um, which is quite a bit for vegetables. So, um, is it like a lettuce, like a romaine or something? You say leaf. Yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know how to describe. It. I have to show you a picture of it. It kind of looks like a like a. They're not like big trees. They're they're kind of like smaller looking trees, and the leaves kind of they don't look like spinach. They're longer than that, but kind of that deep deep dark green. But it's not as like nasty as kale. You know, um, and basically what we're doing there is we're, we're forming co-ops with uh, women from local communities. So they're growing it so that they can feed themselves and their families and, and their surrounding areas. And then we actually have a processing drying center we just opened. That's one of the things we did while we were there. So if they have any extra, we will buy it back. We will dry it out. And then um, we're working on having some sort of supplement or nutritional product here in the States that people can buy. Um, is a way of, again, giving uh, economic incentive for, for these uh, women to not just feed themselves, but to actually kind of run a business. Um, so anyway, that's pretty cool. Uh, we have these things called innovation hubs where the very short version is kids learn how to uh, code and build robots and do music all digitally through iPads. Uh, we're partnered with Apple and another company called Jamf. And we open up this thing called the Career Readiness Institute. So when you graduate from this course, you're actually Apple and Google coding certified. There's like different levels. It's like a very basic level, but it is an actual job you can get right out of high school. And we have some U.S. companies who said, you know what, we'll hire these uh, their kids. I mean, they're 17, 18 years old. And uh, if they do well, we'll hire them full-time, and they can just work remotely in Zimbabwe. So a lot of issue in uh, any sort of work. It doesn't have to be overseas. It can even be here. You know, economic issues, uh, tough neighborhoods, for instance, your brightest, smartest people leave because they see no reason to stay. There's no jobs there. It's not safe there. Etc. So uh, you get brain dump and you get economy dump is what it's called. So uh, we're trying to solve that through technology. You know, if you look at India uh, in the 50s, it was one of the poorest places in the world. And actually today it's the number three economy in the world. And all they did differently was say, we're going to focus on tech because with a laptop, like what you and I are doing right here, and if you know how to code, that's a skill that companies will pay pretty good money for these days. And you don't have to go anywhere. You can just stay put. So we built a building that has, you know, good air conditioning and good Wi-Fi, part of our commitment to the community uh, there so that the kids can come and actually work safely. So, um, and consistently. So anyway, that's a really cool project. Uh, we're hoping that we'll see that kind of transform that community over time. And then um, I also worked at the Boxing Academy slash uh, home. You know, orphanage is kind of a word that becomes tricky because it's not being politically correct. It just kind of stigmatizes the kids as like unwanted. And mm. there's kids who are there who are, they have parents. They just don't necessarily it's not best to stay with them or there's there's a lot of different situations that are going on in that particular place so um but the the point is is that you know it's a project i've worked on for a year i've talked about it i think on here for sure before and maybe let's get stupid podcast but um basically it's a gym and the revenue from the gym supports uh the home supports the kids so there's a guy who started that all by himself way before we even came along and uh, we found some partners to come alongside and help him so there's a lot of cool stuff going on um, that's one thing I like about working with Matter is um, they, I partner them with Luol's Foundation, which is how I'm involved. And um, their idea is 
can we create sustainable impact? You know, can we empower people to change the world? And that's kind of where this slogan, you matter comes from, which is your ideas and thoughts matter. You know, you don't have to be a billionaire to change things. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be, um, you know, some business genius or have this crazy, you know, whatever. Like, honestly, um, I just did a fundraiser for Luol's foundation last week in Chicago. And it's a gentleman who uh, came from Ukraine as a kid. He's been successful here. He has no nonprofit background of any kind. And he just said, I'd like to help you put on a fundraiser. And uh, we raised right at $100,000 for Luol's foundation. And that guy got nothing out of it. He said he has no uh, expertise in it. He just said, let me leverage my network and I care. And then, um, you know, I was able to come alongside him and take care of some of the other things. And, you know, that's that's kind of the root of of this idea of, you know, you matter. It's it's you can have an impact and it's it's relative to leveraging your own skills and time and, and network. And that's going to be different for everyone. But don't think for a second that you don't because you do. Man. That's a lot. Yeah, sorry. That's what, what happened. What would you? The thing I always think about is like when you go to these countries. I'm like, I have no. Obviously, we don't have like the. I mean, maybe some of the issues are similar, but I can't. I, I try to picture the place. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I could never, obviously. But what what would you compare to to here? Now I'm guessing there's a lot more poverty there. That's why you're trying to fund things to bring more small businesses so the town itself grows and yeah. people in the town work at the places in the town, like that kind of thing. So what would you mm-hmm. compare it to to give someone? Because I have. I'm like thinking of like dirt and like dust and like like nothing going on in huts yeah yeah no i mean it's it's a common thing and you know what's really interesting before i dive into answering your question um, i did see a study on um recently where you know because now ai is becoming a thing right and um this isn't like a conspiracy theory we're not getting into cam world here yeah um but they just they're testing ai to see does it have some sort of innate prejudice right Because this is kind of a thought that happens a lot in the world where people are like, well, I'm not prejudiced and I don't do this. And it's like, well, yeah, you you might not be consciously, but there are certain things that whether you're aware of it or not actually um, kind of end up being built in based on how you were raised or where Mm -hmm. you were raised, et cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't mean that you should, you know, like feel guilty or be like, I suck. It's not that at all. It's just you you have to call things out when you see them. And so with AI, they said, um, we would like to see African doctors helping white children. That was what they put in the AI. Because you know what will generate pictures? Yeah. Like 80% of the pictures were white doctors helping black African children. Uh-huh. <laughs> like Because the point is, is like when you look, AI just searches the web, right? Most of what you see is kind of what you were thinking of this. Old white guy. No, this like stereotypical like Africa, like it's oh, huts yeah, right, and mud right. and, and they're very disadvantaged. And, and, you know, there's this thing called white savior complex. And again, it's not political. It's an actual thing where... Um, you know, black people in Africa feel like white people are coming in to save the day and they need white people to come in and save the day. And it's like, it's, it's kind of really backwards. It, it, it creates this mindset that Africans can't help themselves or that they're not capable or that they're less than in some way. And, and that's just simply not the case. The fact of Africa is um, one in four people under 30 in the world are African. Um, by 2050, it will be the most populated continent in the world. It'll be the, it is the youngest continent in the world and will continue to be so. Um, Africa has had a lot of challenges, uh, mainly because 
quote unquote, the developed world has developed around it and people have just kind of used it for resources as opposed to investing in it. And that's changing quickly. Hmm. Um, China has invested a ton. Holy smokes. There is Chinese stuff everywhere in Africa right now um, because they'll make deals with governments to build roads and bridges. And they'll say, you know, we'll just take these mineral rights for 30 years and this for 50 years. And the governments are making the deals because they need infrastructure because they're growing so fast. Right. In the U.S., uh, I think last year, the year before, they did like a pretty big tour there. Um, you know, vice president, some other people went to some different countries, even smaller countries like Zambia, because they're realizing that they're kind of getting left behind. You know, um, most of uh, the lithium that we mine comes from Africa, electric cars, cell phone batteries, mm-hmm. you know, cobalt, a lot of that comes from Africa as well. So Africa is at a really unique place right now. It's young. It's changing rapidly. Uh, there's so many people. And Victoria Falls is actually, it, it's why I tell people it's Victoria Falls, Zimbabwe. It's a great place to start if you've never been to Africa because it's a very tourist-friendly town. Victoria Falls is there, which is one of the seven natural wonders of the world. So if you've ever been to Niagara Falls, it's about a quarter of a mile long. Um, like Vic- the down. Like, no, no, like the actual length of it, you know, because you see it on TV or if you've been, it looks kind of wide and and that's really cool. Um, Victoria Falls, if it's rainy season, because it depends obviously like rainy season, dry season, but if it's rainy season, it's a mile and a quarter long. It's the longest continuous waterfall in the world. It's, it's insane. Um, it's like the grand Canyon has a waterfall. It's sick. And if you look at my Instagram, I have some picture of me on top of it, which is a whole nother story I can go into. It was really, really, I just got to wander around on top of it, hang my legs over. And it was insane. Someone's probably going to die up there, but I got to do it. Not you. And not me. I made it. So anyway, uh, so the town is actually kind of set up for tourists. There's a lot of lodges, a lot of hotels. Um, there's a decent amount of, of, um, you know, wealthy people who've set up shop there because it's such a nice place. And, um, yeah, it's, it's for sure. Not, not huts and all that. It is Sandy, you know, that's the area that it's in. Um, but there's elephants that just walk through town sometimes and Buffalo. Yeah, cause, like and, you send me the stuff and I'm like, yeah. well, there's an elephant crossing the road. So it's probably not like I 88. No, 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 no. And then it's, you see commercials on TV to like give money and you're like this, you're like, it's like a skinny kid and they're handing yeah. food. And it's like, so that's like the perspective you get. Cause I'm like, sure. what, I'm not going to look up pictures of Zimbabwe. I'm going to look at it now. Cause yep. now I'm um, curious. High school Zimbabwe. Oh, I already got it. Um, but yeah, and then, then I see a waterfall in the middle of rainforest. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is huts and rainforests. And like, that's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. But I mean, you know, much more on that. I'm guessing. So like, if you could compare it to a city, well, Victoria Falls is idea. different because it is a small community. It's, it's, it's more remote. It's in the middle of a national wildlife refuge. And so like, I would say it's, it's more like a small town. I mean, everything's 10 or 15 minutes away. There's okay. a downtown area with like a main street. There's several really, really good restaurants. Um, you know, most of the roads are paved. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Dude, that's that, a city. Yeah, that's Harare. Um, in, yeah, it's you, a capital Zimbabwe. Yep. So you look at the bigger cities, whether it's in Zim or uh, Nairobi, um, Addis, oh, okay. all these other places, and parts of it you would think you were in Chicago or New York. I mean, massive skyscrapers. Right. Yeah, and all that makes that sense. Stuff. So, I'm looking at pictures. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say it's 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 not that dissimilar to the U.S. in that there's rural areas and there's city areas, and obviously the rural areas face different challenges and they're not as developed. But I would say that there is still um, amount of 
I don't know, kind of what you think of Africa, stereotypically speaking, uh, there are some villages and huts and, and that, that is still true there as well. But I would say that um, there's a lot of really good big city centers. And, you know, we've talked about this on this podcast before. I don't know what's better. You know, it's it's kind of the thing that, oh, you should have really nice houses and this and that and the other thing. And it's like, well, you know, I go over there and I, I meet people who you know, for lack of a better word, live in something like a hut and, and they don't have much, but they are super happy. Hmm. They don't complain. They're not depressed. They're not overweight. You know, a lot of the things that we say are issues, they don't have issues with. And so I don't know what's better. You know, I don't think it's for me to probably say either, either. Like, I think everybody kind of has to choose their own path. But, um, you know, the thing that, that while we work there is because, um, it, Zimbabwe itself has the highest inflation in the world. They were like three hundred and thirty percent last year, and so we th- we you know we three hundred and thirty percent inflation. Yeah, we we complain about you know six seven or eight percent, and don't get me wrong, it's not fun. I mean, we all live it. It's not fun for any of us. Um, but three hundred and thirty percent. What's a gallon of gas? Fuck. Fifteen dollars. It's, it's it's yeah. It's very expensive. I know. I filled up. Uh, I had this little scooter. I was riding around on. And, um, it was like 20 something dollars to fill it up and it's not that much. So, you know, it's, it's, it's got a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges and, uh, the unemployment rate, I don't know what off the top of my head. It's very high there, very high there. There's not a lot of jobs because, you know, unless you're in a big city center, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to farm. Um, and that's not really a job. You're just kind of farming for your family. So trying to live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, and, and then to your point about the cities, uh, because they are so nice and there's, uh, there's some opportunity there. A lot of the younger people in those communities leave. And so then you're left with older people and, and not a lot of jobs. So, right. um, it's one reason why we work in that town specifically. The other reason is we found a guy, uh, name is blessing. Zimbabwe names are like very literal, like, uh, gracious justice, freedom. Like these are just normal names. They're not nicknames. Like that's mm-hmm. what the, you know, it's really, really cool. And so our, our partner there, Blessing, um, he helps quite a bit because he's kind of like the mayor. He's like you. He's like the mayor of St. You know, you're the mayor of St. Charles. Uh, he's I a mayor of Victoria Falls. Um, no, I mean like, it's just like you, like everybody knows him and he's really involved in the community yeah, yeah. and he's well respected and liked and, um, you know, so he helps us get a lot of things done. That's the important thing too. We don't go anywhere and say, we know what to do. Like everybody sit down and shut up and we're going to tell you how it's done. Like that's the dumbest way to do work. Hmm. The the smartest way to do work is to find someone who understands the culture, understands the needs, and then can rally the community around it to support it. And then we can bring in our expertise and that marriage of, uh, of support and partnership and expertise. That's where really sustainable work happens. And again, Man, we could do a whole podcast on this and I guess we kind of are, but when you look into nonprofit work, there's levels of help. Like one of the most basic level, and this is what most people think is like immediate aid, you know, with what's going on in, uh, you know, Ukraine and Russia, you know, in the Middle East right now with Palestine and Israel, um, you know, there's instant aid that's needed. There's just basic food, water, medical supplies. Um, that is a part of, of nonprofit work. It's a part of relief work, but it's not a sustainable part, right? You can't constantly ask people to send water and food forever. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, these big UN trucks come in and like, you can't do that forever. It's not sustainable, but it is important, but that's not really what we do. What we really do is a step up. And, and we like to say, you know, you've heard this phrase, like it's not a handout, it's a handshake or a hand up, hand up. Hand up. Mm-hmm. We actually add to it. it. It becomes a hand up to a handshake. And the reason why we say that is because it becomes a, we want somebody to look at us as equals in like a business opportunity, right? So if we work with someone, let's say these kids in these innovation hubs, we empower them to get Apple Google coding certified. Okay. We gave them a hand up at that point, right? That's cool. 
But if we don't take the next step of helping them connect with jobs and then giving them an opportunity to earn that job, keep that job, grow in that job, that's a handshake. Hey, we expect you to do this and I expect this from you. Right. Let's work together for the betterment mm-hmm. of our community. And I think that step of nonprofit work is is difficult to get to because there are so many places that need basic needs. But even here in America, we need that. I mean, there's communities south in Chicago, south and west side of Chicago, you know, historically speaking, there's not there's not an opportunity or not really a place you want to be in some of those neighborhoods. And those places need handshakes. They they need people who can empower them to create their own sustainable way. And, um, you know, and and it's really easy. And again, I'm not saying this in a negative way. It's very easy uh, for us uh, in in our perspective to, to somehow like equate our problems as being similar or, well, I didn't get any help. And, you know, uh, I think you and I've talked about before, like I grew up on a farm, you grew up on a farm. It's not like I had some really wealthy family. You didn't either where they were like, just go do whatever you want and figure out life. Like, dude, we work super hard for everything. We'll fund it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like Here's a nev- million dollars. Get a head start going. All right. Yeah. Like that never happened for you and I. Um, but I can confidently say that because of where we live, America, um, that with a little bit of, of support from your parents and a little bit of, you know, work ethic, you can create a nice life for yourself. Right. That's not the case everywhere in the world. When inflation is 330%, you could go put your money in the bank and it's worth 330% less the next day. So, uh, it, it's, it's, I always say this, there's not a monopoly on suffering. It's a really dumb idea to say someone's suffering more than someone else. That's a terrible tr- thing to try to equate, right? The thing to do is, and this is this is kind of the thing I try to live by is, if you're going to help people and that's in your heart to do it, then um, the easiest way to decide where and how you should help is what do you have access to, what do you have opportunity to, and that's your responsibility, right? right? Because if you're taking care of that, and if everybody took care of that, then we'd be in a lot, lot better place at the end of the at the end of the day, because what happens a lot of times is people overlook their own opportunities and responsibilities and things that they could help with, whether that's in Africa, whether it's right down the street, it doesn't matter. But if you just take responsibility for what you have access to specifically, and that might not even be outside your house, we've talked about that a million yes. times. Start here. Start with your Let's family. Start with yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a movie called Machine Gun Preacher. Highly, highly recommend it if you want to watch something that's a little different. Um, I think it's, uh, oh my gosh, um, is it Russell Crowe that's in it? I don't remember. It's an early, it's an older movie, and it's based on a true story about this this guy who got out of jail and he went to church, um, found God, and a, a minister uh, came through, or um, a mission worker, and was talking about what's going on in Sudan. <clears throat> And, you know, Lost Boys, Darfur, all that crap, right? I don't mean crap in a negative way. I just mean like all that, just years and years and years of of very difficult things going on. Um, But as a result of that, this guy becomes uh, out of jail. He kind of gets inspired. He starts a construction company and actually like makes some money and does really well for himself. He says, well, I can afford to go over there and help. So he goes over there for like a week initially. And he's just like floored by how tough it is. He's seeing young boys get kidnapped and forced to be soldiers and all that. So he, like, he hmm. sees it firsthand. So then he starts going back more and more and more and more. And it gets to a point where he literally, there's a group of young men that he's working with over there. They get kidnapped and he literally gets a machine gun and goes and fights and gets them back. It's like, it's, it's, it's wild stuff. Jeez. The point of the story is the movie's great. You should watch it. The point of the story is there's a part in the movie towards the end where his kids resent him because he ends up living there for like six, seven months a year. And the kids are like, dude, you're our dad. 
You're not yeah. even taking care of us. Yeah. Why are you, why are these kids quote unquote you know more important than us? Right. And that's just the point about like you got to take care of your family first. Yeah. You got to take care of and and it starts with you, right? We say all the time. Um, starts with you. You know, figure it out with your spouse. Figure it out with your kids. If that's all going well, then you then you kind of move out. It's really like finances, right? Like take care of the basic stuff, you know, somewhere to live, fast cars. insurance. Yeah, no, the opposite of that. <laughs> you know, and then if you have extra, then you go for it. And I think right. it's the same thing when it comes to uh, philanthropic work. Man, what a trip. Yeah, no, it was a lot. I mean, I can I can go on and on about different stories and people that I met and, and the fun stuff too. I mean, being on top of that waterfall, like my colleagues got to camp on top of it, like incredible. So that current's not enough to push you off at any point? Like, No, it could, for oh, sure. that's good. Uh, comforting. The, the area that I was like particularly waiting in, there's this really big rock all right on the edge and the water's only about an inch deep because it has to run over that rock. So it slows it down a lot. It kind of creates like a little pool, like a hot tub gotcha. kind of. Now, if you go about four feet over, there's no rock there and the current's very fast and you would, it's about 400 feet down to a bunch of rocks. You'd die. There's no, it's not like the movies where there's this big ocean underneath it. It's literally just rocks and a small river. So, um, yeah, that would not have been good, but you know, even there's this place there called shoestrings. It's a, like a lodge slash restaurant bar. Like they have hookahs there. We had big humongous plates of pizza and barbecue chicken Mm. and peri peri chicken and lemon herb chicken. And I mean, like there's just so many really good things about it. It's not all, you know, despair and this and that. And again, most of the people that we're working with, they're, they're happy. It's, it's not like, you know, like I said, some of that lower, the, some of the kind of beginning stages of, of, of nonprofit work. These are people who have some sort of money. They have some sort of house. It's just that, you know, they're kind of in this perpetual, you know, state of not really getting ahead or moving forward economically speaking. So, um, highly, highly encouraged if somebody wants to go, you can always hit me up, um, about how to get there. We actually do, we call them insight trips. Um, where if you just want to go to Africa, we say, okay, like, here's what it costs. Here's what you're going to do. And you just show up. Like you don't have to plan any of it. We plan it all. Hmm. And so if there are people who want to go, um, you can talk to me about it. It's, it's a really good way to go if you've never been, because you don't have to think about, you know, do you need shots or this or that? And the other right. thing. So we can just kind of tell you all that stuff. Interesting. Good to know, Jacob. In case everyone want to go there. I think me you and, should. Me and Dr. Thurston. I think everybody should go there. I really do. I think, well, if you don't go there, go somewhere. I, I, I think unless you travel, you can't really understand the world. You for sure can't have as deep of a level of empathy for, for people and understanding. And, you know, a lot of things have gone on in the past three or four years in America. There's a lot of people who want to talk. A lot of people have opinions. You know, we don't really respect people who kind of, uh, it used to be like, don't say something, think about it wait and see you know what i mean mm-hmm. like we used to respect those people and if you were kind of talk quickly you were, you were considered a fool and like nobody listened to them like they're just talking out the side of their mouth right yep. now it's the opposite but when you travel the world you really do understand the value of seeing other things and, and seeing other experiences and, and how do people think and live and and it really does like the world's bigger than you it's bigger than you know your town it's bigger than our country um you know we're one of quite a bit of countries in the world. And again, it doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean you shouldn't focus on it, but it is good perspective. Yeah. I was going to say it helps with perspective. Absolutely. You're stuck in our own way. Sometimes can't get out of our own way. Yeah. I'm telling you, you travel like that and you go see somewhere else in the world and, uh, you just really garner a lot of respect. And I've, I've told you this many times, I always come back like a little bit changed in a good way. Mm -hmm. It's always good. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you're able to catch us up on your trip. Back in studio here. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who I want to see in Africa, and that's Huck Finn Barbell. 
He's coming. About to buy his plane ticket right now. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. We're obviously brought to you by Sub-Zero Plunge. Dot com. Check them out for all your cold plunges. I also have another unit at my house if you want one. Uh, check out our challenge. It's on the website. Sign up there. Um, if you hear listen to this and use the code early bird, all one word, it'll give you $50 off. Uh, and that's only going to be going for about a week or two before I pull the discount code. So comes to nutrition, six weeks of training. And if you're worried about the money, you can get it back. Just be the best. Very simple. One man, one woman, each win, get all the money back and a prize pack from us. So check that out. Sign up because it's going to be January 1st before you know it. And it's on a Monday, so it's no better time to start. And ooh, also we have Be Better t-shirts in with a new logo and Callus Barbell hats. I have about half of the stock that I started with. So if you want one, order before they're all gone because I don't ever, I've never repeated a hat and they've all sold out. So check that out. Be Better Official dot com.